0: All right. My name's George Soroy. I'm going to be the moderator for this little sketch duel here. I am an author and podcaster, and representing my Marvel podcast called From Duck Till Dark outside the Marvel Studios, celebrates all the Marvel movies that are outside the MCU. So if you guys like, I have stickers for that as well. I can be glad to give that to you once after all of this is said and done. For starters, let's go ahead and introduce our our artists. Give it up for Chad Harden and Chris Campana. Mm-hmm. I get that right?
1: Campana. Campana. But it's, uh, a, it's whatever nah. you want it to be, baby. All right, there you
0: go. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so the way, that, the way that we have done these, uh, these in, in the past, we would have you guys just shout out a character. We'd like to get it a little bit more specific this time. We'd like you guys to go ahead and think of, we'll start for the first
1: round of... Oh, wait, yeah, did you want to do Let's that? just do one round. Right? You want to do one just solid drawing?
2: One solid drawing, or you want...
1: So what we got 45 minutes, about? Yeah. So, so, Chad and I are thinking instead of doing three 15-minute rush jobs, we would do one solid 45-minute, like, full-on...
2: As much as we can get done in 45 Detail, yeah, whatever. A whole hell of a lot more than
1: Yeah, and it'll probably be... I know personally it'd be better than me yeah. doing three 15-minute, he- like, busts. Yeah. So. Okay.
0: All right, all right. So, um, so we were talking before about, about uh, specific 80s characters. So let's go ahead and just throw out three, three different, That will that work? Yeah. Three different 80s characters? All right, so so just throw out three 80s characters' names, please.
1: Like 80s cartoons 80s. or whatever? Yeah. Whatever. Comics. Comics. Skeletor. 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 I hear Skeletor. I mean. I like Skeletor. Yeah, I like Skeletor. Fun.
0: All right, like Skeletor. we got one there. One. All
2: right. Speed Racers is actually
0: like early 70s. 70s
2: I am
1: late, down for Speed Racers. Late 60s, racer. early 70s. We'll go with
0: Speed Racers <laughs> Vintage. It was on MTV in the 80s. We'll go with that. That's cool. So, it's all cool. Right, so we got, well, Voltron. Voltron. And we got
1: Voltron. Oof.
2: Yeah. <laughs> 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 that's,
1: that's a lot of...
2: Robot. <laughs> I mean, a lot of angles. Like, I love the show. A lot of angles. Like, oh, I don't know if I could call that.
1: he man 80s. He-Man's 80s. Yeah. Yeah. He- yeah, He-Man was 80s. he He-Man. Skelly... Skeletor, Skeletor Thundercats was, was '80s. Oh, right. Silverhawks, April, April O'Neil, TMNT. Ooh.
0: Okay, all right. So, a- April, all right yeah. then we got our three here. So we got Skeletor. Okay. We have Speed Racer, and we have April O'Neil.
1: Now, what are they doing? What's
0: it? Throw out an action for one of them.
1: I think I might go Skeletor. <laughs> I might go Skeletor. Well, I like Skeletor too. Well, yeah, yeah. Wait, to Mexican Standoff. Okay. I mean,
2: it is a draw. Right?
0: Yeah. <laughs>
1: Okay, so I heard two
0: really good suggestions oh, from the same area over here. I Church?
2: heard
0: Mexican
2: standoff and karaoke. Oh, oh
1: karaoke Kara- Skeletor.
2: Karaoke Skeletor? Yeah, there we go. <laughs> and I cried. <laughs> oh, my God. I mean,
1: right. okay. I think we got a winner right there. I'm, okay, not, so I'm, not, got... I'm, not, I'm not drawing the stage, though. <laughs> 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 this might be just spotlight on, on Skeletor. Okay. Yeah, background's not important, I'll sketch to There
0: you go. Alright, so so yeah, let, let me go I'll go ahead and set the timer for you guys. So it's 3.05 right now. That'll give us a good wanna go with 40 minutes?
1: Whatever's good for there everybody go. in here, yeah. Just had a flashback to like Jim Carrey doing karaoke and cable guy.
2: <laughs> that is yeah, for hey, tour, yeah. You're I'm right behind the karaoke stage. I'm right behind it. They've been they've been singing the whole show.
1: Oh yeah, you're yeah. right there.
2: I'm right there. I'm, I'm in it. I'm, oh, I'm in sorry it. For you. <laughs> you <were> right there. <laughs> I should have like a little tip jar, like enduring karaoke, please. <laughs> Five dollar tip, please. Well, that
1: whole thing wasn't even karaoke. There was a band there too this yeah. morning. Well, they
2: they swap it out. Like the band will sing a couple songs and then they'll the open it up for karaoke. And, yeah, that band really likes Brian
1: Adams. Last night they yeah, played it, and yeah, then they yeah, and then, yeah. then they opened with Brian Adams again this morning. Yeah. It's really great.
2: They keep, they keep playing that one song from. Uh, you just feel the love, right? It's so from good. Silence of the Lambs. Oh my God. Like the wild horses. Yeah. 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 You know, I'm like, oh yeah, that. There's an image I want stuck it's in my head.
1: All oh, just so. not. Oh. Ooh.
2: Well, we'll find out. we non-blondes. And a crash What's a, is there a song? Is
1: there a song with like skeleton or anything in it? Is there like a it's gotta be right?
2: So,
0: how old is Dead man's
1: party. Oh, there you go. Flexing.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: So, so let's also go ahead and just open this up to for both both the two of you. What was it that really kind of got you inspired to get into comics in the first? Whichever one of
2: you would like to answer. You wanna go? Yeah, I, I can go. Well, I mean, I so, grew up on- Sounds like the
0: karaoke crowd is actually following you. Yeah. <laughs> exactly.
2: They're cheering us on. Yeah. Draw the Skeletors. I mean, it started with cartoons. Saturday morning cartoons like Super Friends, Spider-Man is amazing. And then I found out after- Because the it used to be when I grew up- <laughs> Cartoons Bless. were only on Saturday morning on like three channels. That's it. That's that, it. That's all the cartoons. And, uh, and then half the time if there was like a sports game playing, they'd cancel the cartoons just show the sports. And so, like, I'd always be frustrated, like waking up Saturday morning if the cartoons weren't playing. I found out a lot of my full body. We have a lot of
1: time. I'll do full body. Sorry, uh,
2: a lot of my favorite uh, cartoons were also comics, and then there seemed to be at the time an infinite supply of comic books. I mean, you go to a comic book store with five dollars and walk out with like twenty dollars. And so, and then the art was better in the comics than it was on the animation. So it just sort of seemed like the ultimate the ultimate thing so yeah that's that's what got me in Excellent. and then I started drawing it and never stopped so there you go and here we are, and First here we are. what got me into it
1: yeah it, it's it's actually kind of funny in like 82 83 I was into comics because my older brother collected and I was a big fan of the Hulk and my mom took me to a toy store which was probably Toys R Us And I saw a man-at-arms who was a character from He-Man, Yep. and he's green, and I thought he was a friend of the Hulk's, because he was green. So I begged my mom to buy it, she did, and then I discovered, like, He-Man and all that stuff, and all my brothers were really older than me, so I started drawing, and that was the way I got attention inside the house, and I just kept going.
0: Yeah.
1: And that was it. It was like my... It was like the one way people paid attention to me when I was younger, besides (laughs) smacking me in the face or something like that. So... (laughs) That's my brother's kicking my ass. So you're, you're
2: an extrovert. See, I was an introvert. Like, I just wanted to be left alone in my room, away from people. <laughs> yeah. But I, it's, I, never, it's did more, I never did it's it That's more now. It's more now
1: than, than is that. Is that, that what it is that's now? That's where now. I am now.
2: That's where I am now. No, like, I hate <laughs> social media. People are like, oh, you got to get on social media. I was like, why? I don't want people to know who I am. No. <laughs> just look at my drawings.
0: So, yeah. And so what was your first step, like, in... Knowing what you were passionate
1: about, what was it like getting those first? Like, my first break in, or, yeah. or my first comic I ever bought was Moon Knight number one, yeah. but first, I got hired in 96 at, at a con in Pittsburgh,
2: mm-hmm.
1: and my girlfriend at the time was, was pregnant, and these two guys said something about, like, congratulations or something like that, and we turned around, and it was Jeff Loeb and Joe Pruitt. Oh, wow. And I started talking to them, and I had my portfolio with me. And I got hired to do something for, uh, for Caliber Comics, like, on the spot there. Wow. And uh, that was my first, I guess, break into, into doing stuff. Nice. Yeah, it was, it was cool. I mean, I think it was more like, this guy's having a kid. We should probably help him. Anyway. <laughs> <laughs> Give him a gig, because the work wasn't that good at the time. But it was certainly nice to, to have that happen.
2: Nice. So I grew up really far away from New York, and, and uh, you had to be in New York to do Congress time. Mm-hmm. And so I didn't know anybody; I didn't have any connections. So I was one of these idiots that like sent in their, mailed in their submissions and whatnot. Yeah. And I always got very polite, like letters of rejection, but never, never any anything beyond that. And uh, but what happened is, as the internet got better and better. Mm-hmm. There were sites like Pencil Jack and Digital Webbing Forums and uh, all these different uh, places where you could go and just sort of post your artwork and things like that. And so I started posting on Digital Webbing and I was entering like, just like contests and things like that. And I I was working in advertising at the time. Mm -hmm. So I always had a job drawing, drawing or painting or digitally painting or 3D modeling, but I always wanted to do comics. And so I'd enter these little contests online and whatnot. I got the attention of the publisher who was like, hey, do you want to do, do you want to do some fists of justice for a book instead of just doing these little these little pinups or whatnot? Mike's and, book? Yeah, Mike. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So my first book was uh Fists of Justice, like number 29 or That's something. That's awesome. Digital Webbing Presents, number 29. That's and then so once great. I started doing that, then publishers started coming to me. Yeah. Like boom started coming to me. And then after, boom, it was like Dark Horse. And then it was like back to digital webbing. And then I started just sort of bouncing around. But once I started getting, like, busy work from a lot of these smaller publishers, mm-hmm. it gave me the but to, like, go and put my work in front of DC and Marvel at some of the Comic-Cons. Right. And then, actually, it was really weird. Like, I, I got into all the talent searches at the Comic-Cons. Yeah. But I never got a call back. And uh, But I'd always, like, keep going to shows and keep trying out. And I had my portfolio with me one time and I was cruising down Artist Alley, and uh, I don't know if you guys know Clement Suave. He passed away from cancer a couple of years ago, but uh, I showed my portfolio to Clement, and he was like, he goes, you gotta get this in front of Mark Chiarello. Mm-hmm. So there's, there, what, what you need to know, like if you're interested in doing comics, is that there's certain people that have the power to make decisions, That's and then there's true. people who don't have the power to make decisions. That's true. And you really need to find out who the people in power are. Yeah. Because you can be the best artist on the planet, and you don't get your portfolio in front of the right people. They're not going to respond to you. And the yes, second true. I showed my stuff to you, Mark Chiarello, I got work. Like, wow. the next day. I got. Today. Yeah. So, so yeah. And the rest is, rest is history. I mean, once I started working with DC, I worked for DC for, like, 14. Well, I did DC Marvel once a month for, like, seven years, and then... DC almost exclusively. So did
0: so, uh, so regarding DC and Marvel, considering
2: that they're competitors. None of neither of them tried to like lock me in. Well, Marvel always wanted to lock me in, but they never wanted to pay. Ah, okay. Like, and I'm not kidding you. Like one time, Marvel offered me a page rate, and I'm like, "Are you kidding? That's less than my page rate when I started." And they're like, "Yeah, but we're cool. I hung uh, up the phone, and I haven't done anything for them So like If that's your if that's your incentive that you're a cooler company, like. Check. If you're a cooler Google. company yeah. than I, I like pay okay the like, We're
1: yeah. cooler, so we want to underpay you and then, exactly. own, all, and then own all your stuff. Exactly. Right.
2: Yeah. I'm like, mm, nah, no. But DC always has treated me better. At least treated me human. But <laughs> the balls, like that's yeah, yeah.
1: <laughs> that's not the first time. That's I'm, uh, yeah, that happens. It, it happened.
2: Man. And unfortunately, it happens to people who don't know better. Right. And then they lock you in at that rate, and you never go up. So you never you, go up. You, you really have to negotiate. You have to stand up for yourself, you have to fight for yourself, you have to, yeah. Wow. Don't, don't ever do a page for the same price. You always up your page rate. Mm. So.
0: so when you guys were, start, were starting out, was there a particular character that you started doing that you kind of made you realize, like, wow, this, this is a character that I could do for
2: years and years? Well, I love Spider-Man. Yeah. Like, any day you wake up and you get to draw Spider-Man, that's a good day. Yeah. But let me tell you, his costume sucks. All the webs.
1: Yeah, you mess up the webs, the whole yeah. the whole piece is sh- shot to shit. Yeah.
2: Yep. Yeah. So yeah, you start to understand like why Superman is basically just a dude with an S on his chest. You're like, these guys knew what they were doing. Yeah. Like they knew they're gonna have to draw this dude like over and over again. So yeah, the, the simpler the costume, the, the easier. It's almost like Ditko.
0: Like after he after he did Amazing Fantasy 15, it was just like, why did I do that? Yeah.
2: Yeah. <laughs> yeah.
1: Well at least it didn't go with the wasn't there a Kirby design for the for the Spidey suit? There had, like, where they had like a laser yeah. gun or something like that? A laser I didn't know I didn't yeah, know the he specifics. Had a, he I just had knew a gun. that like he
0: went to yeah. Kirby first. And he said that
1: it was too it was, it was, it was too
0: heroic, I think that was what was, Stan said.
1: The, the guy he had like goggles on and there was a gun and it was just it was not good. Yeah that's if you Google thing. like Kirby Spider Man, you'll see the the initial like the first ever Spidey design. Oh wow. It's not great.
0: Chris, what was your what was your character that made you really See, want to keep
1: doing it for? Her? For me, like when I started, I got that I got that gig and then my son was born and at the time it wasn't the best idea to freelance at yeah. 22 with a baby. It just it didn't it didn't make a lot of sense. So I gave up art for the most part for 14 years. Wow, really? I was, I was out of the game for 14 years. I mean, I did like little drawings here and there for people and, and all that kind of stuff, but it just wasn't conducive to, to being a parent at the time in my life. And when my son was 14, he was talking about what he wanted to do for school and all this and that kind of stuff. And I said, well, Jaden, you can't just talk about it. You gotta be about it. So I took him to the school he wanted to, to possibly go to another ride home, like no bullshit. I'm talking about you, like chasing your dreams and all this shit. Right. And he's like, well, dad, what was your dream? And I was like, well, fuck me. <laughs>
2: <laughs> no, you know, seriously, I get it because people don't understand this about freelancing. There's no benefits. There's no time off. Right. Yeah. You, you are cranking it. How much money you make is how fast you can crank that page out.
1: Right. Yeah. so yeah. That that was the thing. So like, on, now he wanted to go to Syracuse. I'm from I'm from Jersey, so he wanted to go to Syracuse, and so it was a, like a four hour drive from where we were.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: So that whole drive home, like I'm pretending to have a really good time, but I'm kicking myself in, in like,
2: yeah,
1: my own testicles. I'm like, this is well, I can't believe this is happening. Yeah. So the next day, I drew something and I put it up in this group on Facebook, and I got I got a hit from an indie publisher. Yeah. And that started the whole thing, and now it's 11 years later. And I've worked on—I've I've worked on some some good. Stuff. I've worked with DC. I never worked with Marvel. Mm-hmm. I've done a lot of 80s properties, whether TMNT or GI Joe and, and stuff like that. But I think, honestly, for me—and I'm not just saying this because I haven't had like a, a long run on something—I love doing creator-owned stuff. It, it, and I've gotten the most accolades professionally on creator-owned stuff. Like I've gotten. Nominated for best writer and best artist on a creator-owned book, you know, Ringo Award, and who wouldn't want a Ringo Award? Yeah, like, yeah. and it's uh, did I lose? Yes, I lost to Neil Gaiman on writer and Sanford Green on artist. Well, there you go. I mean, yeah, I'm going to lose. That's a There's
2: consolation. Yeah, I'm yeah. going. Oh, I lose. lost to Neil Gaiman. Yeah, I'm going. I'm going to lose. Yeah, that's t-
1: I expected to win. Yeah, but I.
2: Can you imagine if you beat him? Could you? I would, <laughs> He's nuts. I would just. Right here.
1: I would just walk around shows oh, with wow. like a shirt that yeah. said that.
2: I beat Neil Gaiman. I, I
1: I would never sit. It would just. It would just be that. Yeah. But um.
2: Be yeah, like it, a it, redheaded it's, stepchild
1: all day long. <laughs>
2: <laughs> it's, it's it's
1: it's cool to to kind of I'm kind of lucky because I think I did it backwards where I did more mainstream and then I went to indie where most people start indie, indie and then and work get yeah. to mainstream yeah but I, I'm lucky and I think it's a little bit because I hit when I was older that I had that cool balance of I can sort of pick some stuff yeah but I've got a good enough name in the indie world where I'm I always have work yeah and I may never have that run. On Spidey, which would be insane, or or Moon Knight, or something like that. But uh, it, it's cool to know that I've at, at least cemented myself to the point where there's always an email. Yeah, there's 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 always something there, and that's for me, freelancing. That's kind of a, a kind of all you could want in some ways is to know that the industry respects you enough where there's always some there's always a gig somewhere Very happening. Important. Yeah, yeah it, it's always something. That's do I panic every now and then? Yeah, because I remember what it was like. But I'm also kind of lucky.
0: Nice. What part of Jersey? Are you
1: from? <laughs> I live by Point Pleasant, like oh, right okay. by right by uh, the, I used the, to, the beach there. I used to live in West Padman.
0: Yeah, well, yeah, it's yeah. like
1: an hour north of me. Yeah. yeah.
0: My, my mother grew up like I, I lived in Poughkeepsie. so
1: like I. Oh yeah, it it's,
0: I know the area. Like I, I lived in oh. New York, New Jersey. It's expensive Queens. up that way, man. Yes, that's why we moved here. Yeah, <laughs> <that's why. laughs>
1: crazy yeah, we expensive. Moved, we moved here
0: in twenty eleven. I lived in the New York City era so it was always just like a seeing all the different creators and everything with the Yankee caps people. <laughs>
1: <laughs> I thought I was gonna get my ass kicked wearing this thing in here. No, but... <laughs> no,
0: you're fine. So the creator own stuff that you these are all characters that you created as well, like on your own
1: Yeah I I did a book. The first creator-owned stuff I really did was way, way, way back in the day, and it was called Jaden, and then I talked my girlfriend at the time into letting me name my first son that, which, I, that's a win. Yeah, yeah. But then I came back with a book called Kantar, which was like 2011, and then at First World, and then the book I got the most, I guess, accolades for is a book called The Adventures of Parker Reef. Hmm. And that when that hit, that, that kind of changed the game for me and allowed me to sort of make some decisions Professionally, that I, that weren't available to me prior to. Right. While on the side, I was doing like little GI Joe stuff here and the turtle stuff, and lucky to do like covers for for some other properties. But um, yeah, they, most of the stuff is mine. And then when you're in the indie world, what's what's interesting about it is the passion for comics is there for everybody. Yeah. So if you find somebody who meets their deadlines and actually isn't just all talk, especially in the indie world, I think. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And. It, you're always going to kind of have a gig with those people mm-hmm. because you treat it as a job, as such. Yeah. So there's always a – we're always kind of doing stuff for each other inside that world where if somebody needs a cover or somebody needs something, we make ourselves available. Nice.
2: Well, I, I think the other thing, the industry has changed. I mean I think the, the big draw used to be for the big two is that yeah. they paid a living wage.
1: That's fair. Yeah, that's right. And they don't need more. Yeah, that's. right.
2: I mean, the starting Marvel rate when I started was two hundred dollars a page. You know what it is now, guys? Twenty five bucks.
1: Yeah, Ooh, a page.
2: The... Yeah, who yeah. is living on twenty five dollars wow. a page? They
1: well, they mine a lot of overseas for that. But still, yeah, it's not enough. But here's the thing: it's not enough.
2: Artists talk. Like I got friends overseas; they come over to the United States. I'm like, dude, I'm getting this amount. You need to be getting this amount too. Yep. Yeah because they're making a billion dollars a film. They can afford your page rate. Yeah,
0: especially
2: now, it's, yeah. it's It's such, and here's the thing, I can make more money doing creator-owned work now than sure. I can working for the big two. Absolutely. So why in the world would I work for Marvel in DC? Yeah. I have not done, like they come to me every now and then, and they want me to do an issue of Harley. But yeah. everything I've done since 2016, wow, because I can make more money investing in myself. And yeah. if it hits, Right. You own the IP. Exactly. No, yeah. I mean, and this is the thing that's crazy. I mean, look at all the work I did for Harley Quinn. They didn't even put my, I mean, they stole the outfit that we created. They stole pages right out of the book, put them right in the Suicide Squad 2 film. Didn't even get my name in the credit. I'm like, fuck you guys. Like, yeah. like yeah. really? Anyway, so I'm a just like. A dick. That's that. such a
1: <laughs> Yeah. For a lot of people, you are the Harley Quinn artist.
2: Yeah. You yeah, know, and that's, like, the, that's the shit of it. No, anyway, I'm like, okay, whatever. And every now and then they'll call me and be like, eh, is Jimmy and Amanda writing it? Okay, I'll do it. Right. But it's... So what
0: So what kind of, what characters really hit for you as creator-owned one?
2: Right now, I'm just, I am, I'm doing, you know, like when you're a kid, you have all these ideas. Yeah. And you're just trying to like get them all out. Right now I'm just trying to get a lot of it out. The one thing I would suggest for anyone who wants to do creator own, do as much of it as you possibly can by yourself. Because the money is there. Yeah. But you gotta be careful with it. You can't you can't like you can't go ask your best friend who's also a writer and then split it fifty fifty. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. You need to find like the up and coming writer that's willing to do it for twenty dollars a page. Mm-hmm. What I mean? Yeah. The other
1: thing with creator owned is is you gotta know the business side of it. Yeah. You really gotta know what your costs are if yes. you're gonna do creator owned stuff. Because my first creator owned, I was like, man, I'm just gonna draw something. People are gonna like it because my mom says I'm good. Right. And then I'm gonna make a lot of money. And by the third issue of my creator owned, I was selling my truck to pay for it. Yeah. I had no idea about the business. Yeah. I was just young and I had no I didn't have any idea costs, what, right. what am I gonna make? per per book it, 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 sometimes depending on on what your print costs are you're making like 45 to 60 cents book if you, yeah. if you're not smart about business yeah you got to be really careful yeah and then you want to pay your creative team and then now with things like kickstarter and indiegogo you think oh well, I'm going to make a million dollars and then all of a sudden your shipping costs right. hit yeah and, and and whatever else is going to pop up so creator own and i even though image is so long ago you think about it like if you look at it now like chad's 100 percent on the nose with this indie stuff is the way to go because not only do you own the ip you have a lot of say over what it is that you're doing yeah you own all the original art whatever but with the way social media works now you can reach your audience without directly yeah. without having to have the distribution that the yeah. big two have you yeah. don't need that anymore
2: Kickstarter. Well and it's really so way not way helping them at all. Kind of- no. no, The distribution Distribution's not helping the big two anymore. I no. mean yeah. it used to be it used to be something that helped them out, but it's not because they, they accidentally killed off all the competing distribution channels when they I think, what was it, Marvel did the Sunstone yeah, the or whatever. And killed they used to have two big distributors. They had diamonds and then what what was the other cut. Something it, city.
1: But it was also Cold Cut yeah. was, was another yeah. one, right?
2: Yeah, no, they had, they had, had they had a bunch. It was Capital.
1: Capital? Capital City,
2: thank you, yeah. Yeah. And then Marvel came in and was like, Oh, we're gonna do exclusive because they everyone panicked. Yeah. So so what happened this is and this is why everyone panicked. I left my I left my mm-hmm. tweezers at the Image
1: man, if you would have said anything else, I'd be like, maybe I can
2: help you. Yeah, but you know, I don't. The, I don't have any image, features. Image came on the scene and overnight became the number two publisher of comics in the United States. Like overnight, they took all the big talent from all the mm-hmm. from Marvel and DC, and they all went over there and overnight made the second largest comic book publisher in the United States. And Marvel and DC crapped their pants they literally crapped their pants because for the first time in history, you had creators in charge of their own company kicking these people's teeth in and they didn't know what to do. And it scared the absolute crap out of them. And that's why, to this day, Marvel and DC are worst places to work ever since Image. Because they do not want, they do not want to build brand name artists and writers. Which is why you don't
1: see a lot of artists have long runs anymore. Exactly. You don't see, like, yeah. like, remember back in the day?
2: Yeah, Chris work, Claremont.
1: Yeah. How long yeah. was your next
2: All that shit. Three decades?
1: They won't do that anymore because they don't want to make megastars that run forever and then leave.
0: Right. Yeah.
2: You know.
1: How
0: long was Romita doing Spider-Man?
2: I mean. Like, yeah. He, he could still be doing it if Joe Jr. would let, right? let him draw. That yeah. guy's a machine. Yeah. Mm-hmm.
0: So, so what were your thoughts like regarding once you had outlets like Kickstarter coming up for crowdsource financing for, th- for
2: things like that? Would you feel like that has helped create your okay. own projects? For sure. But you do have to be careful. Yeah. You really need to do your research. It's, it's like you said. If you do a Kickstarter and your Kickstarter is successful but you don't plan on the cost of shipping, all of a sudden you're in the yeah. red. Yeah. yeah. So you really have to like watch. And one of the things that helps out is if you actually back projects and get to know some creators, and then ask them questions, and, and they can help you out, but, but yeah. It, it's, a good, it's a good venue for, for yeah. publishing.
1: It, it, it's a good tool, but the thing is, I don't know, it, you have to build a base. Yeah. You can't just go on Kickstarter and think, well, I'm gonna kickstart my book, and I'm gonna make 20 grand, and all this and that. It, it's a lot of indie creators, and I, and like I said, I fell into it early when I when I started doing the indie stuff. They think I'm just going to make the book and it's going to sell and it's all and that kind of stuff. And what happens is you get discouraged or you find a lot of indie creators. They just talk about it, they talk about it, they talk about it, but they never do it because I'm not good enough. I'm not good enough. I'm not good enough. Yeah. When it comes to doing indie books, there's there's a couple of things that go into it. No matter how good you are, or how bad you are, get the fucking book done. Yeah, yeah. Get it done. Because that's how you're yeah. going to learn, and that's how you're yeah. going to get it out there. And when you get out there, do not expect to go to a show and make 15 grand like a name and and beat yourself up over it when you can't even make your table cost, because you probably won't. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You have to prepare yourself to be the smallest person in the industry, because at that point, nobody knows who the hell you are, and you may not be good enough for having be warranted that they know who you are yet. Yeah. But you're learning, Yeah. and you've got to prepare yourself to take – your your lumps when you first get out there, but right. but go and do it.
2: Yeah, you're you yeah. sounding a lot like the Kirkham manifesto. I don't know if you ever heard no. of his spiel. So uh, the creator of Walking Dead, Robert Kirkman. Kirkman, yeah. He basically he feels really strongly that the industry sort of stagnated, and uh, so he he got out and he said, "Listen, if we want to rejuvenate comics. Here's my plan." and his plan was basically is like go work for marvel and dc learn the industry cut your teeth and then the second you build a following drop them like a hot potato and go yeah. do some creator stuff wow. and really i think that is some of the most sage advice i've ever heard anyone say and he got crap for it let me tell you they oh yeah they drug him through the streets like
1: well on the surface, it sounds shitty, but it's
2: not. It's not. yeah it, it's not. And, and, and here's the thing and, and here's the other thing that's hard though. How many books are like Walking Dead, yeah. right? Mm-hmm. How many books are like Walking Dead? Because Kirkman made, I'm sure he's never gonna have to worry about money ever again. I don't know how much money he made, but I think it's a safe bet to say he's he's never gonna he's probably all right. Yeah, he's and, he's, he's, he's gonna change. Yeah, uh, <laughs> and here's the thing: chances are your indie book that you're gonna do, it's maybe gonna sell. If you're lucky, like the Kickstarter's I've done, I think my best book I sold 1,500 books, but I made as much selling those 1,500 books as I did drawing a book for Harley for DC, and yep. it's fine. Yeah. So, so there's a lot of people who are just like, well, because they there's a lot of people that have self-published and they and they didn't reach the level of success that that walking dead did so they they sort of discarded what he had to say yeah but if you look at where the industry is now and what we're talking about now if you go and you have a really good connection on social media with your fans and you publish your own stuff you really can make the same amount of money especially 25 dollars a page yeah That you're going to be making for marvel in dc so you might as well build up yourself right instead of build up something that's that, I'm, frankly, doesn't need building up. Mm-hmm. I mean, yeah, I mean these Fair. guys are making a billion dollars a film, and and won't pay an artist to draw a page. It's ridiculous. At what point do people just say stop? Yeah, because this is abusive. Mm-hmm. If you can't pay me a living wage to do a full time job, you know, you, you got to have enough pride in yourself too. to it, say you you know, know. like
0: it's, it's a full time job that you love. Like that's yeah. that's what it should.
1: But, but, what it should but be but but Chad you know? touched on it as well. Like we don't get. Look, we choose this gig. Yeah. All right, we're yeah. not asking for charity or anything like that. But yeah. you don't get PTO. You're not getting a 401k, and you right. can forget about health coverage in a lot of instances. If we don't draw, we don't get paid that day. Yeah, yeah. It's as simple as that. There's, it's, even at shows, people will say, "Post show, what are you doing?" Well, we're going to the hotel and we're finishing commissions till right. 2 a.m. and then we're going right. back to the show, and we're thankful for all that.
2: Yeah. But it,
1: but it, it's, it's in a lot of ways. It's seven days a week all the time. You want to do a monthly book? You're working. You're not working five days a week unless you're insanely fast.
2: Yeah, which I'm not.
1: Yeah, I'm it, not. it's just it's that's just the way it is.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: So you need a living wage in order to in order to do it. And unfortunately, that's where the negative connotation of starving artist comes from. Yeah, everybody thinks you're a starving artist, and there's no success in art. And then unfortunately, some companies treat you as such. And you got to go out there and hustle and, and 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 make it your own way because right. they're not. You're totally disposable unless you're a massive name on a title because who wouldn't want to work on that title? What artist wouldn't want to come up and say, I worked on that title? So they'll just, you want too much money, you're gone. Yeah. They'll just get the person who doesn't know as as much about the industry and mine them for whatever they have and then they move on.
0: Yeah, right. So we got nine minutes left. So nine are
1: about- minutes? Are you yep. out of your tits? I know.
0: <laughs> oh, man. So what I'd like to do is open
2: the floor up real quick to some questions. That went fast, man. Social media. Social media. I had a student. I, so when it came time that my kids were old enough to go to college, I, I quit comics and started teaching at a university so I could pay for their tuition. There you go. That's how I paid for my kids' college. Is I taught school because if you te- if you're a teacher, a full time teacher, they waive the tuition for you. And so I had one student named Starbite. I don't know if any of you are familiar. Okay, had half a million followers on Instagram, and she, I should say they, that they, they just because they want anonymity, they don't want people to know who they would. They would just ask for a commission. That they could get more for a commission than I can, because they had followers that were just like. I'll pay any amount of money to have a drawing for me. And the first Kickstarter they did, they got over 100,000. Wow. Their first Kickstarter. Wow. Just for publishing what they had already published on Instagram. So social media is huge. It's huge. Yeah. So start building that following like right now. And that's that's the part, the introvert in me, the person that just wants to be left alone to draw, I hate it, I hate it, because I'm bad at it. I suck. I suck at the internet. I hate it. I don't like talking to people. I just wanted people with the loan to draw and you really, Starbite was so much better at just interacting with the fans, drawing what the fans wanted and just, it was like this magical thing, but that's not me. So you, if you're an introvert, you have a tough row to hoe, but I, I think the internet is, is just vital today. It's not something that that you you can be like oh I don't know if I want to do that or not you have to do
1: it yeah you have to have a presence on social media it, it's it's extremely important and unfortunately it kind of it kind of sucks the balance out of your life a little bit because you have to almost be accessible all the time when you're first building your base <clears throat> so you're never off yeah you're your marketing team you're your Secretary, Your answer, emails, you're,
2: water, yeah, you're, you're. on the treadmill
1: in the gym. Everything. You are never not accessible when you're first building that base because there's not other people clamoring for you. So if somebody does, you got to make sure that you're right there for it. Yeah. And if you're lucky, down the road that changes. But the only way it changes is if it starts off that way and you build it. It. Otherwise, it's just, it's just not going to happen.
0: Any questions? Any other questions?
1: We are boring sons of bitches. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Nobody wants to know a damn thing from us. 25. Well, when you're first starting 200,
2: out 200 it used to be 200 dollars 20 years ago and that was low that was the starting rate was two hundred dollars Wow okay and if you think about that if you can do a page a day that's not too shabby so well think about it this way so let's say a
1: page can take eight to ten hours yeah in your day yeah right yeah. so what's minimum wage 12 15 whatever
2: I think it's 725 but you can get fifteen dollars you can get 15 talk about right yeah. now
1: so 15 times 8 is what? 120? 120. That's yeah. minimum wage for a company and a book that could sell X amount of copies, and you're getting minimum wage to work on that page. <laughs> it, 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 it depends on when you start out. If, if you're breaking in and somebody offers you something and nobody's knocking on your door, you got to take the gig. You gotta, my first gig was $30 a page.
2: Yeah, 25 Yeah. But I, my like I said, digital webbing digital webbing and I was doing it almost as a just like bucket list thing so when they're $25 paid I'm like cool whatever man like I was doing it for free before yeah
1: the, the thing is will you take it when you first break in yes is it fair that that's what they offer no that's really what it is it, it, we can scream from the mountaintops but there's always going to be an artist who's like I just got to get in I got to get the exposure I got to yeah. get my name out there I'm going to build my, my fan base I got to do all the things these guys are talking about mm-hmm. And I'm not doing any of it if, I'm, if I can't at least say that I'm published or I'm this or that. So, yeah, you have to take it. But it's not, it's not fair. But that's the bitch of it. But it, it's Art is a fickle lover. <laughs> like, yeah. it,
2: well, it's, and, it's and that's the thing. Nobody becomes an artist. Also true. You're an artist because you love to make <laughs> art. And that's, that's the sad thing. Because they know that you're passionate about it and that you're gonna do it anyway. In- yeah. So they just take advantage of it. Sure.
1: And then if you're lucky and, and you and you develop to the point where you make a living out of it, I think the best way to, to you gotta start treating yourself and the art as a business. Yeah. And what's challenging about that is you didn't get into it for that.
2: Right. And then you know? it starts becoming not fun and I married an accountant slash business major, it's awesome. I let her handle it. She's like a bulldog. She goes in. I'm like, yay, draw. Oh, marry an accountant. If you're, you're an artist, <laughs> that's, that's the go go find the accountant slash business major. Okay, yeah. it's like Chad's not making enough. Pay him more. Yeah, baby. Yeah, I love you, babe. <laughs> oh man, it is
1: challenging. Oh yeah. so did you so, guys yeah. see yourself doing something like how they had the TV show for the tattoo artist? Uh, do their thing and then they have the, you know, the comedians where they all compete where there's a situation oh like Last like, Comic Standing and, and you know, the, like, yeah I, honest, honestly I think we do that every weekend at a show
2: yeah I really I mean,
1: like yeah I mean let, let, let's be honest when we're at a show we are it's a even though it seems like a really big industry it's a very small industry word gets around if you're a piece of shit. Everything or,
2: we said today is going to be on Twitter. Yeah, somewhere. it'll be somewhere. It'll be somewhere.
1: But we're all competing for the same dollar. Yeah. We're, we're doing that reality show every single time we post something, something gets published, or we're at a show. It's, uh, it, it already is that. Would I do it on a show? No, because I think the cameras would make somebody different. And I don't think you would really get a true sense of it. And I'm really sick and tired of people treating artists like we don't matter as much because everything around you is being created, drawn, designed, illustrated, or something like that. And I'm sick of parents coming to my table and telling me to talk their kid out of being an artist. Mm. I hate oh, that shit. And it, happen- and it happens. Or people coming to my table and saying I was going to be an artist, but then I went and got a real job. I'm like, really? What the fuck am I doing?
2: You know, and, they- and, and it happens a lot. It's I went it's just to, weird my, thing. My parents sent me to college to be a lawyer. And my best friend, is he, he's actually a state judge in Idaho now. But for years, he had to sue little ladies out of their retirement money. For years. He was on antidepressants for years. There's no, there's, there's, it it is a monkey paw deal with the devil no matter what you do. Yeah. So you might as well pick the thing that makes you the happiest and try and make a go out of it. Because he's probably the most successful lawyer that I know, but I've never had to put an old lady out on the street. (laughs) And I don't know if I could. Look, I, I don't. I and he and he's still my friend, and I love him. But it, that was his job. That was his job to put little old ladies out on the street. Wow, it's fucking brutal. We to the last minute on this.
0: So any any other uh, questions? To... A quick question. Yeah. How do you how do you guys feel about
1: comics that are Just like like comicsology stuff, or or just it's only on like webtoons. Just
2: web. Oh okay. Uh, it's the future. My kids on Webtoon, Dad, you gotta get a Webtoon! Reading like 50 books a day, I'm like, ah, 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 ah. But people do it. Matter of fact, I have students that that's how they make their living, is a full-time Webtoon. And it pays them a lot more than it. Marvel and DC. And Marvel and DC can't figure out, what? Why? Why are sales slipping? Why are numbers slipping? Uh, trust me, there's like, what, 162 million people on on Webtoons at any given moment reading books 24-7? Yeah. It's a whole world that they're not even aware of. Yeah, comics aren't going away. But American comics, business as usual, probably going away.
1: Yeah, I, I think I agree with that to to a point. I think things always tend to come back a little bit. And I think this... I mean, we don't get the smell of what a comic used to be back in the day, but I think something tangible is, is important, especially for, like, teaching and, and and for those certain moments, like when you're sharing with your kid or, or or a friend or something like that. I think it's a lot cooler to share something tangible than hand over an iPad or, or, or something. But I think any comic is a good comic because it's out there. I think I think that's... It's just... It's important to just to continue to have people create and, and to have work get out there. They... I'll say this: When Stanley and Ditko were working on Spidey, right when it first happened, if they were part of an indie publisher and not Marvel or Timely or whatever the hell it was when all that stuff happened, you—everybody in this table or in this in this room may have walked past their table, yeah,
2: because yeah.
1: they weren't attached to Marvel or DC, yeah. and you may have walked past the oh. best character ever created, I, yeah. you know. We're going so to shows may- where
2: where Stanley didn't have a line.
1: I'm that Nin- old 1997 yeah. Megacon he was there with yeah. Pamela Anderson for yeah. Barbed Wire nobody was there
2: yeah and no one wow. was around I no remember, one had their books out
1: I never talked to somebody so yeah. much in my life he had nothing going on
2: yeah it's was crazy as and thing. he was the nicest dude oh yeah, come up here cool. oh he i teach you everything I know his hands are like this big yeah
1: and he had these big hands yeah
0: yeah, I, I got to meet him back in 2008. I'll just say this real quick before we show sketches, but by that time I was getting ready to start up a novel based on a character that I created back in 1992, someone I created in high school, and his name was Excelsior, and somebody the the, the word just really grabbed, grabbed my attention back when I was younger. Yeah,
2: a kid, yeah.
0: And so I, get to, so I get to meet him. He's over at Borders, over in, on Park Avenue in New York City. He's Borders. Sent, yep. Shit. There I you know. go. That's where, I'm, that's where I'm talking about. So he's, so he's there. He's there for New York Comic Con. And there's a fairly long line, but nothing like what he would have gotten late, even yeah. just like later on that year when Iron Man came out. And I go up to him and everything, and I get, I get to s- say to him, like, Stan, th- not only do I want to thank you for all the characters you created, but also thank you for inspiring me to create my own. And he looks up at me and just goes, oh, great, more competition. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, he was... (laughs) With a a big smile and everything. And then I tell him that that there was one in particular that he really had a hand in, in inspiring... And when I told him that the character's name is Excelsior, he just, "Oh, that's great!" and shook my hand and yeah. wished me luck on it and everything. Closest I'll ever get to, the, to a blessing from the Pope, right? But right. that was yeah. that was a great that was a highlight moment right there. And then I started writing the first draft that later that year. Yeah, and
1: I'm celebrating 30 years of the character now. So, that's awesome. Yeah, here, uh, here's I, I have I have one question for everybody in here because we talk about like Marvel and DC, they're kind of losing touch and, and sales are down and all this and that kind of mm-hmm. stuff. Don't you think? it would make sense for publishers when there's a celebrity who's done a comic book movie and there's a celebrity at one of these cons, wouldn't it make sense to then take the creative team that is currently working on that character in comics and have them do a signing with the fucking celebrity? That make all sense. Like, doesn't the that just make all the sense in the world and yet nobody does it? No. it, it, it it's like, or, or whatever run they pulled from to do the show or, or movie Whoever, if those creators are still around, do a two-hour signing with them with those books Mm -hmm. or a trade or whatever you want to get printed up and have people realize that this stuff came from comics. You would have nothing to cosplay as and you would have nothing to see in TV and movies if these geniuses didn't create some of the most incredible characters of all time. I don't understand why it doesn't happen. If anybody steals that shit, I'll know about it. (laughs) That's the thing. But yeah. but in the long run, it would because you realize what the yeah. back issue sales will probably be yeah. mm-hmm. if people knew about that? Their their back stock would
2: fly and out. See, therein lies the problem. Ever since the 80s, yeah. it's it's forget sustainability, forget the future. What's gonna get me 2.5 points on the next quarter stock report? That's fair. Yeah. And that's all they think about.
0: Yeah.
2: I mean, DC's been gutted. There, there's three, I used to know everybody at D.C., everybody in the building. First of all, they don't even have a building anymore. They right. kicked them out of the building, they took the D.C. archive, they're moving it to who knows where. There's three people that I used to know, out of a company of 200, three wow. people. And and literally, it's like some of the interns now are editors. Yeah. And they're paying them the same as what they made as interns. You can't sustain a company that way. Yeah. And let me tell you something. The same things happened to Marvel. It's just happening slower because the Marvel movies are doing well. Mm-hmm. But it w- eventually, Disney will tap out of the Marvel oil that they found, and the same thing will happen. Mm-hmm. They will gut those companies, and there will be nothing left. Wow! wow. So that was insane, right? That was- <laughs> <laughs>
1: That is some good volume. To it. That was, that <laughs> There's something going on. Now let's see what let's see what we got all right, all right, all
0: right, for for these. Who would like to go first? I might as well go. All
1: right,
2: let me sign it here. Oh, that's awesome. That's there. so cool. You,
0: you guys are so in for a treat on this. Like, oh, that's so cool. That's so awesome. That is
1: fantastic. Oh my god. <laughs> Do you write lyrics? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> that's the best. <laughs> yep, for non-blondes. There you go. Yeah.
0: This is so good. Guys, guys if you don't frame these, something's wrong with you. Oh! oh man. This is this is definitely the toughest. Toughest one to choose from. Alright, so just just for a quick show of hands, just for the formality. Who prefers Chad's? Hey.
1: <laughs> I do. That hand alone. What? That hand alone. This is awesome.
0: I'm, I'm, I'm calling an executive decision. Both of these guys win. This was fantastic. <laughs> Give them both a round of applause, please. Sweet. This was Thank this it. was amazing. Now, the fun part, we get to pick our two winners. So get your tickets ready. Four zero zero two zero five.
1: There you go. Sweet. Congratulations. Now uh, choose. I think I going under the camera right now. Okay. Thank you, thank you. This is awesome, by the way. Alright, oh, I gotta take a picture of that too. When we're done, I'll take a picture of it. If you don't mind.
0: And next one, 400204. Zero, zero, zero,
1: four. You really? <laughs> Dude, I love I, this. It's like a perfect skull. It's, it's so good.
2: There you go. There you go. Hope you're a foreign non-blogs
1: yeah.
0: Okay, I definitely need to get a snapshot of both of those, too. That was absolutely stellar. Guys, give it up for, for Chad and Chris one more time.
1: Thank you, guys. Appreciate it.
0: You guys are fantastic. Thank you so much for listening. Thank you. Thank you both for participating What's in this. What's your table number? This was a blast. are you guys? Yeah. I'm right behind the karaoke stage, guys. Yeah, I, I, so follow the bad music.
1: F- I, Follow the dulcet
0: tones. You can't even
1: really find the table numbers, can you? No, not really. I, I'm near the entrance into the celebrities. Like, there's that wall there. Like, I'm here, and I think Chad's, like, catty corner from me, like, right there, We're, like, almost on angle. You got each other, right? Yeah. <laughs> this was fantastic. Thank you guys so much.
0: For- Thank you very much for listening to this episode of Excelsior Journeys. I hope it was both inspiring and entertaining. Special thanks to Zach Kamtwa for providing new music for the intro and outro. Please take a moment to leave a rate and review on Apple Podcasts. And if you enjoy the show, please share it with your friends and subscribe to your platform of choice by going to he'sgotit.com/podcasts. While there, you can also fill out the application to be a guest, inquire about sponsorship opportunities, and click on the Buy Me a Coffee link if you wish to give your support to the show. All interaction is very much appreciated. If you have a question, comment, or suggestion for the show, please direct it to george at he'sgotit.com.